1: Betch's Media Presents.
0: I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio.
1: Diet starts tomorrow.
0: Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I wanna quit With the gym. gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman, Joey does a shampoo and Sammy Fishbein. Whatever. I'm getting cheese spreads.
2: Hello and welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And today, we are joined by a DST favorite. She is part of the family. She is a sweat trainer, fitness influencer, and creator of the Power Program, Kelsey Wells. Welcome back, Kelsey. What's
3: up? You forgot DST mega fan. Oh, DST mega fan.
2: That's a huge compliment. Um, Yeah, we are so happy to be back with you. We have not talked to you since before the pandemic when we were in person. (laughs) But how so just how are you doing? It almost
3: makes me emotional to think about it.
2: I know. Like we we have been in person and we get to, you know, now we just get to see each other on Zoom.
3: It's so good to see you both though. You look beautiful and I of course have been following both of you and congrats on the marriages. Thank you, (laughs) you You guys. I mean, this is incredible. It's it's just yeah, it's so good to see you. It's good to be back on here
2: and so how's your how are you faring through corona? Like what, what's your status health wise, mental health wise? What's keeping you going? You know, I
3: am, I'm well and I'm very grateful for that. I think, and I don't say that just to kind of get this question over and done with. I say that honestly. And I say that because I feel like I work hard to do what I can to stay well through this. Um, I'm also very fortunate. You know, my husband and my son and I are healthy. And my husband and I have both been able to continue with our careers and, you know, we were very fortunate with that. So I'm feeling grateful. And also, yeah, I think, I think it's important. We're always asked like how we're doing every day, but especially right now when so many of us are struggling on different fronts, it's important to actually, I think, be honest when we ask people and actually listen for their honest answers. and. I'm doing well, you know, but I think it's okay to recognize that it's okay if you're not and, you know, you can still have good days and be struggling and bad days and, and be doing well. And that's just kind of the new normal, or I want to make that okay to be the new normal, you know?
4: That's so true. That really is the new normal. And like we all should definitely like when somebody says, how are you doing? Fine. (laughs) Could be maybe like, actually, you know, I kind of had a (laughs) shitty ass day, but thanks for asking. (laughs) you don't have to get into it further.
2: (laughs) I was actually, I was listening, I guess it must've been a podcast I was listening to, or it was, maybe it was a TikTok. I think it was a TikTok actually. (laughs) And it was, um, it it was like, why is it so hard to, like, why is the pandemic so difficult? Even if like, you know, everything is, in theory, fine. And the reason that the person gave was essentially that like, the total lack of the stimuli that we have, the lack of changing stimuli every day, we kind of do the same things. We don't really see many people. We don't really go many places. Every day is very much the same. So what the person was saying is that that leads to repetitive thoughts, which leads to anxiety. And that repetitive Mm -hmm. thoughts like it's really hard to break out of them when because if you think about like what you would advise someone who has like anxiety or depression to do you that you tell them like go out and see people or do something to kind of like reinvigorate yourself and I guess I never realized like how necessary those things were for like having a shift that would allow you to kind of like recharge without without making it sound so like productive but just like kind of get it out of like a pattern of thoughts that you might be having for like a morning yeah. or a day. And yeah, I think it's just it's really challenging on really any level.
3: I agree. I mean, I think that's a really interesting insight and very true.
4: Yeah, I was I I I've heard that also just like a symptom of let's say depression or something might be like when one day bleeds into the next and the next. And that's sort of what we're doing without really saying we're all kind of feeling like shit. So I feel like us just kind of acknowledging that and making it feel okay. Like you said, Kelsey is important, but Let's talk about, first of all, anybody who, because we've gained a lot of listeners since you came on last, which was like, what, April of 2019, which seems like 700 years ago, maybe like last century. Um, First, quickly, like, what's the, how did you become this amazing sweat trainer? (laughs) You have a billion followers and um, you started so many different um, power programs. So how did you quick, just give us the quick little spiel. And then we can get into, we can get into all the good stuff.
3: Okay. I, when I was 24 years old, I had my son and he's incredible. He's almost, he's going to be seven in March, which I just can't even wrap my head around. But I had never been active in my adult life. I was very sedentary. I'd never been into fitness, ever been a fitness person I just wasn't my thing had zero interest and I had no understanding either of fitness or nutrition outside of diet culture bullshit. So to me, healthy eating was either starving myself or doing a fad diet exercise was something I did as a chore or to change what I didn't like about myself and predominantly to shrink myself, unfortunately. So it was very unhealthy, my relationship with myself and my body and also my understanding of fitness and nutrition. And I became a mom. And I found myself in one of the hardest times of my life. It was an incredible time. And this is something that we've talked about in previous episodes. I've shared a little bit more of this context of just how hard that can be and how isolating. And I was facing severe postpartum anxiety and some postpartum depression. And I began exercising for the first time in my life, not to, not out of hate for myself, but out of like a desperate effort to help myself and to help myself heal. And it was, I think that switch in motive that really allowed me to start to understand what I think is like the magic of fitness and exercise and, and just really kind of unlearning so much on my own and, and realizing that fitness is, is each of ours, like our fitness, if you're a human and you're alive, you have a fitness journey. You can't fail it. It never ends. It's not a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's just part of your life because fitness is about our health. And I think health is threefold. It's mental, emotional, and physical. So what I thought it was, it wasn't. And I was just so amazed and excited about the fact that exercise could help me feel better. And way before I started to see changes in the mirror, I started to feel better. And it wasn't magic. My anxiety didn't just go away, but I was able to cope holistically and be a lot healthier for the first time in my life and it was amazing and and then long story short you know I I started studying I became a CPT not even because I planned to switch careers it was just I I found like a passion in it and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to understand the science behind what was happening because I felt like I had such a personal connection and understanding of like the mental and emotional side of what was happening. So long story short I became a fitness professional and I started writing a post pregnancy program because at the time, you know, 7 years ago there really wasn't anything that could help your body heal. And so that is when Sweat approached me. Um Kayla and Toby were friends of mine. They are friends of mine of course and Toby said, "Hey, I have this idea. It's going to be called Sweat. We're going to have different trainers with different fields of fitness. And do you want to be part of it?" And I was just—it just was. I just knew that it was the right fit, and I knew that it was the right choice. So, Sweat launched about a year later, and we launched first with my post-pregnancy program, and then six months later, I launched my Power Weight Training program, and then a year later, Power at Home, and then actually just last year, Power your Equipment, due to the need um, with everyone training at home, and many people not having any equipment. So
2: can I just grab onto something you said like early earlier in the story which is something I don't think like we've ever necessarily spoken about um because at the time the last time we've had you on we weren't necessarily in the same place with you know kind of our feelings on diet culture and intuitive eating but one of the biggest struggles that like I've had especially in the pandemic especially working on intuitive eating and changing my relationship with food is that I have not been able to get myself to move and it's because I really have a very strong association with movement as just like you said, a way to change, shrink, you know, it's Mm. only about the burning of the calories kind of in my head and I've never, I I really am having a hard time like getting out of it even for the idea of like going for a walk. Like, so I guess Mm. maybe, and I know that this is definitely something that a lot of women deal with, so how did you actually start to change that mindset for yourself? That movement was like good on its own, not, not for shrinking or like, I don't know. It just feels so tiring to me. And yeah, and
3: it is. And I first want to say like, your feelings are of course valid. And the most important piece of our fitness journeys is the understanding. I truly believe this, that it's that your journey is individual. And I speak very, very deeply on this, especially regarding nutrition, but even with exercise, I don't know your personal history with eating and exercise. And I am not a therapist, I'm not your therapist, right? So I'm not going to tell you exactly what you should and should not be doing or what I would recommend. However, that said, for me personally, it was, as silly as it sounds, it was the switch in motive. My midwife had to, had asked me in one of my doctor appointments where we were discussing my mental health, if I exercise regularly, and I was like, no, but no offense, what the hell does that have to do with anything, you know? And she was like, well, it might help. And I just thought that was the most foreign concept. And I think we've come a long way since then. I think people are starting to realize how beneficial and important physical exercise is for our overall well-being, right? But to me, that was like a very foreign concept and it was... Waking up, and at first, like the first month of me exercising was just pushing my son in the stroller around the block. And I was doing it because I had promised her I would. And I was very skeptical that it would help. But I was like, you know what? This, I was taking that as I would have taken medicine that she would have given me. And I have taken medicine for my anxiety in the past. And I think, again, I want to say there's no one right path to your healing. And only you know what is right for you at certain times in your life. Right. So for me, at this point, I really wanted to try this. And I was amazed at how quickly I started to see some of those benefits. So even though it can be extremely difficult, especially right now to get up and exercise and move your body, the more you do it, it's it's cool because you almost, you have a level of instant gratification. Like right after you exercise, you have endorphins, you know? that feeling of your heart pounding and like your pump sweating and getting puffed out from a workout, that's something that you earn. Money can't buy that. No one can give it to you. Like that's, that's something that you should be immensely proud of, right? And so it's switching your motive, I think, first of all. And even if you don't believe it yet, telling yourself, even out loud or telling your partner or writing down, I'm going to take a walk right now or I'm going to do a workout in my living room right now because I need to move my body and because I deserve to feel better than I do right now. And this is going to help me.
1: It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Small's. Small's cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like... You're a chef for your baby kitties, and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce.
2: How do I – how does one make the switch from like working out is painful and to like working out is good because I feel good after? Because I totally – like right after I'm like I'm so happy I moved. I'm so happy that – I'm so happy I did it but also that it's over. Like like it's that mm-hmm. feeling of like I just don't actually want to like engage right. in the feel of the, the exercise. and I get it. Because the whole time yeah. – like all I would – I think back on like when I would – push myself through workouts. And the thing that got me through was like, oh, I need to do this because it because it will make me thinner or it will make me more toned or just look better. But now I'm trying to to get those sort of thoughts out. And I just feel like, oh, I'm so tired. Let me just stop.
3: <laughs> yeah in a very literal sense, like, cause we can talk about what can we do and how and why forever. Right. But I, one thing that I did personally in my life and still do, and something that I've just this, you know, this last year actually started to recommend like openly and publicly to a lot of people is assigning your exercise as a gratitude practice for your body. Interesting. Like as a very literal way. Right. So there's, There's kind of three like steps to this and I want you guys to try it. So before I exercise, I assign that purpose, right? So even if I'm in a negative mental space or even if I'm associating it with the wrong things or whatever, I either again, written down or call your friend or just tell yourself in the mirror, like I'm going to exercise right now for these reasons. I'm going to exercise because I deserve to feel better than I do right now because this is good for me because my body that keeps me alive throughout every single day deserves to be treated with love. And this is a way that I'm going to honor my body. And also recognizing that the fact that if you are in good enough physical health to exercise in whatever form, that's an immense blessing. Huge. Cause so many people can't or aren't. And that was a lesson that I just learned so deeply when I had COVID, you know, last year. And I didn't exercise for literally at all, like not even a walk for three weeks, which for me was a very long time, you know? So anyway, just first step is to like literally assign and tell yourself, this is why I'm exercising right now, today, okay? And it's positive things and it's very literal things you're recognizing. So assign that why, you know, out loud. And it it's awkward at first, but when you, I think that when, truth has a feeling. And when you say things that are true, you feel them. And so saying like my body deserves love, you'll feel that whether or not you think it's cheesy, when you do it, it's powerful, right? When you say those things to yourself, it's powerful. So assign that first. The second step is to be mindful throughout. So we, I kind of just touched on this, but every time, especially in a resistance training session, like all of my workout programs, you get to a point where you can't do it, right? If it's a set of ten push-ups, maybe you can only do eight, and they're on your knees. And you're kind of—it's—it's it's kind of an oxymoron if you're trying to exercise as a gratitude practice for your body, but then every set you're just beating yourself up because I'm not strong enough. I can't do this. Oh, I'm failing. Like I'm not this workout. I'm not good enough to do this workout. Sorry. <laughs> um, no one else is home, so he's just gonna bark if I don't let him in. Um, So you you take those moments and you realize what they are. So it can be, you can automatically tell yourself or lots of us automatically say like, oh, I'm not strong enough to start putting yourself down. Instead, what you want to do is recognize, wow, I'm earning this. This discomfort, this pain, this burning in my muscles, like this resistance and this pain, this is something that I'm earning. Because again, money can't buy this. No one can give this to me. Like I'm doing this and this is the feeling Of my body changing and growing and gaining strength. I mean, exercise is a very literal metaphor for life, right? Like your muscles, you put them under stress, under tension, they tear, they break down and then they rebuild stronger. And it's just like in life when we're struggling or when we think we're regressing or when we think we've failed or fallen down and you're struggling and you're under tension, you get back up and you're stronger because you're learning and you're growing, right? So assign during your workout. So we assign why we're exercising in the first place. And then during our workout, every moment that you start to feel that pain or discomfort or beat yourself down in any way, you instead, again, switch that inner dialogue. I am so proud of myself. I'm earning this. Like this is, you know, and understand that you're getting stronger and that's a gift that you're giving yourself essentially. Right. And then the third and final step is to take a moment after your workout and be proud, be proud of the effort that you put in. Because it's not about our life is predicated on our small daily efforts and the way that we speak to ourselves and the way that we think about ourselves. So talking about how we can help ourselves disconnect like the negative side of exercise and reassign. Actually, I feel like the word is reclaim exercise as the powerful tool for self-empowerment that it was always supposed to be. Because I believe that to my core, like human beings have always been active Creatures like physical exercise is so important for our literal heart health, you know, but also again, the mental and emotional benefits are huge. So you first assign your workout for a positive purpose. You're doing this because you deserve it because you're, this is the way you're honoring your body. You're showing your body gratitude for the health that you're healthy enough to exercise. And then during your workout, during those moments of discomfort or pain, or when you feel like you would normally kind of beat yourself up. You redirect your thoughts and think, no, I'm I'm gaining strength. Me choosing to go through this resistance, I am coming back stronger. And I can't do this yet, but I will. And you know, having that, those positive affirmations throughout. And then the final piece for this would be to, at the end of your session, be proud of yourself. Because at the end of the day, as women, we way too often just think about all the things we did not do and all the things we could have done better and what's left on our to-do list. And very rarely do we look at the end of the day and be like, I did that today. And that was great. Or like, we don't, we don't focus on our strengths a lot in any area. So after you exercise, instead of rushing after your next thing, take a moment as you're laying, sweating on the floor and be like, yes, I just did that for myself. I took that time for me because I deserve that time because my health is a priority to me. And again it's when you say those things that are true you'll feel them. So even if it's awkward and uncomfortable at first, do it. Do it literally and the more you do the more you'll like remember. I don't even think it's about believing. I think it's just remembering that you are worthy, that you do deserve it, that you do love yourself and your body deserves to be cared for and treated with love. And then of course you're going to have the endorphins going to start are going to start flowing and you're going to have a little bit more energy. If you're exercising regularly, you will sleep better. I mean there's so many Non-aesthetic benefits to exercising that you'll start to feel quite quickly, but yeah, as I hope I answered your questions, like how can I literally begin to shift what exercise is to me? That's how I've done it, and as a behavioral change specialist, I think that that is the most powerful and direct way to do so.
2: Honestly, like this is the best advice about that question that I've ever gotten. Um, the uh, particularly a gra- movement as gratitude and. Um, the idea of reclaiming the what exercise should be because it's so true. Like it's what we've come or what I have come to believe I should be getting out of exercise is so far afield of what mm-hmm. it's actually supposed to, what I'm actually supposed to get out of it. So- yeah, no, I think that is like an amazing, amazing place to start.
4: Yeah, I agree. Like that was a very also I like the stepped like approach that feel like you can actually take to to change your mind shift uh, or mindset. Um, I think the end where like you say that you're proud of yourself, particularly reigns um, Sounds very true because back in the day when we were in person, I was going to work out with my trainer. I remember like leaving and then like texting my husband, like, oh my God, I was so proud yes. of myself. I did, I did like this. I did this. Oh my God, I was able to do eight push ups. And I wasn't like focusing, oh my God, my arm looked super toned today. I was just really, really proud of myself. And then you end up kind of chasing that feeling over again. Like you can't wait to go back and feel that again. And then over time, you, lose it. But I really, I haven't forgotten that feeling. I remember there was like a high on in my cab home. <laughs> I was like, that's so exciting. And then I was, I was really proud of myself, but um, it definitely is harder though. I think like we were just to bring back like the beginning of the episode now that alone. we're home, yeah. we are home alone. And you're just again, every day bleeds into the next and you're not leaving your surrounding. The surroundings are all the same. You work, you sleep. You You stare at screens and work out in the same, in the same area. I think it's so much, it's definitely a lot more difficult.
3: It's harder than ever, but it's more important than ever, you know? And I think Sammy, when you said, um, that's just not like, that's so far from what you automatically like thinking about exercise right now. I think it's so important to recognize that that is not your fault. It's not your fault. And you know that, oh, yeah. and it's like, I think, yeah. especially, I mean, there, it's hard not to feel guilty, especially when you come to a point in your life where you want to shift to a healthier mindset surrounding your body image, surrounding exercise, whatever it is, right? It's, it's tough to not start to put shame on yourself when you know that, when you know that the way that you're thinking and feeling is not healthy for you, that's difficult. And I think it's important to recognize like, it's not your fault. Like we're all the byproducts we've been inundated with these dialogues for so long. And in a sense, we're very much victims of diet culture and of, of different things in our lives. But I think what's most important to recognize is that however you are right now thinking and feeling that's negative about exercise, fitness, or your body image, it's not your fault, but you have the right and the responsibility to shift out of that and to grow in a different direction, and you can, like, you can.
2: I definitely, I definitely believe that I can. It's just, it's interesting because Aileen's thinking, Aileen can think of a time when she mm-hmm. was like proud of herself for something, now, for something now specific. I'm, like, I'm thinking back can, to like can, just kind know, of getting like back into, like oh, like, minimum. What did I feel like, like after I finished that? The only with. thing I ever felt, was and like, yeah, it's mm. a very skinnier for the that day. I got it over with. Like I'm specifically thinking because like Obby and I used to go. We used to go to Barry's on the weekends, and that was yeah. like that was a very hard workout. And I would always feel like really triumphant after, and I would like reward mm-hmm. myself with getting like a smoothie there. And I would, and I would always think of the the reward. It's like this is not something I can have unless I do the workout, mm-hmm. and it's just. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And I used to live there. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's like it's tough, but I yeah, it's something that I do think can be re reworked, reworked out. Um I got myself to stop binging, so <laughs> that is That's
3: incredible. That's
2: incredible.
3: Like it's a big big deal. And you know, I promise you, like as someone who used to live in that space and You know, it's kind of cliche to say, if I can do it, anyone can, but literally anyone can. And I know, like, I'm so excited for you to start implementing some of these things and to start reclaiming like exercise for yourself and how is it going to serve you and what joy is that going to bring you and what benefits are you going to find there and what comforts. And I think it's your, you'll figure out what type of exercise is best for you and when and how much, like that's all your personal journey right? But it's going to be amazing. And I'm just excited. I'm excited for you.
2: Thank you.
0: This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
4: I want to get back to like how to talk about how we can, because we were just talking about how hard it is to find that sort of that same dialogue in our head, but working out at home. But, But since we're on the topic of like disordered eating and sort of, um, Sammy mentioned binging. You posted a really uh, moving video on your Instagram where you talked about nutrition and how what you eat has nothing to do with your worth. Can you talk about that or just give any advice with anybody who might be struggling with disordered eating? Because you just said like, if anybody can do it, (laughs) if you can do it, anybody could do it. Yeah.
3: Um, Nutrition is such an important topic for me. As a First, I want to say if you right now are currently struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder of any sort, please get help because you are worth it and you are worthy and there is absolutely no shame in doing so. And like I mentioned earlier, the path to your healing, it looks different for everyone. And there's so many different options, you know, different therapies, different. There's so many different ways that you can heal. And your path to healing will be individual, but know that it's worth it no matter what that looks like. So, that's the first thing I want to say. But as a fitness professional, and I have my FNS, I'm a fitness nutrition specialist, I know a lot about nutrition, but you'll never, ever, ever see me on my socials or in any context um, prescribing or recommending any certain way of eating. I won't. I won't do it because nutrition is so individual and the most important thing that I want to communicate surrounding nutrition is that the most important part of your diet is your mental relationship with food. And I, in that video, um, I remember really, really specifically recording that and, um, I get messages a lot from women struggling with these things and sharing their stories with me. And I always get emotional. And I think, you know, partially because I can personally relate very deeply and I have loved ones as well that I, um, that I see, but also just the, just the fact that no matter where you are in the world and what you believe and what your background is, As women, especially, so many of us struggle with these same things. And again, I do believe a lot of us are victims to this diet culture nonsense, and that's not our fault, but I'll never talk about nutrition. Like you should be doing this or you need to be doing this because until your relationship with, until you are clear that what you eat and what you put into your mouth has nothing to do with your worth as a human being, that's your only priority about your diet right there. That's your focus. That's what you want to work on. I don't care how nutritious or unnutritious what you're eating is, right? It's about first and foremost, understanding that piece. And so many of us still struggle with this. And if, if you think this is dramatic, or I sound like ridiculous saying that I, I hope you do, that means you're not struggling phenomenal, you know, but There are so many that are. And so I also want to encourage people to be cognizant, to be aware of how you're talking and speaking to your friends, your coworkers, your family about how you're eating and what you're eating and your new diet or whatever. It can be triggering and it's very personal and just remember everything's individual, right? So let's cheer each other on and support each other, but let's never push what we're doing on someone else. And let's never judge anyone else for where they are because yeah, it's, it's very delicate.
4: Yeah. I think, um, just even boiling down like disordered eating as like equating your worth with what you eat is a very, like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we've never kind of like put it that way because I mean, you hear, I mean, you hear Mm -hmm. people who are still in it that will say I was being bad or I'm going to be good today. Like that is literally the, that is the definition of that. Like they're saying they're bad. Um, and yeah, I think that, that, I, I agree with you. I mean, we're both, we we talk about our disordered so eating, boring. like challenges and struggles every day openly. That's what we're focusing on. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's really challenging because a lot has to do with, you know, body image, which we talk about a lot. And, um, yeah, did you, did you, uh, go through that? I mean, I know you were talking about that, um, as something that you, you yourself, had uh, struggled with, is that something that you still struggle with? Or do you feel like you're, you feel like you've, you've really healed?
3: I do feel like I've healed. I have healed immensely. I think that we're all always on the path of healing. And it's like, I talk a lot on self-love and I, I want to make it clear. Like, I don't think self-love is something that you could just obtain and have. It's more about like remembering how to live from self-love. Right. And it's a way of, 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 you know, staying connected to yourself and, and, and living more healthily. Right. So with, with eating disorders and disordered eating so many times, these things stem from other things, traumas in our lives. Um, lots of it is just stemming from diet culture itself, right? Lots of times it's, it goes a lot deeper. And for me personally, um, It's a little bit of both, but some of the things in my life and the hardest times that I've had um, and trauma that I've gone through, I kind of dealt with It, it. I guess it manifested through that type of disordered eating. Right. And I'm so grateful that I'm at a place in my life where I have overcome that for the most part. But I didn't fully heal or or have a really consistently healthy relationship with food until I also faced the traumas that were causing some of that, which I didn't realize was linked at first, right? So I think it's important. Again, it's just so individual. Just be honest with yourself and give yourself grace and compassion, and like it all has to
2: start there. Yeah, it's. I wonder. Like, I wonder what. The experience for some people of trying to heal their disordered eating while also simultaneously experiencing this trauma of covid like what like i mean i guess that is what we're, we're trying to do it's um, but yeah. it's really like it's a lot too it's a lot to handle all in in one in one time it's a lot. yeah yeah exactly Okay, so we have we actually have a game um, to play to close out the episode. Okay. It is called the Internal Refrigerator <laughs> Service, aka the IRS. It's basically like a hypothetical. So we have the IRS or auditors who are dropping in to inspect your kitchen yeah. unannounced, and they have a few questions for you. And they want to know kay. like what's in your fridge, like what's in your kitchen. They want to know all the go. details. So so we have some <laughs> questions. <laughs> Aliens, you want to start? Okay. Question number one, which
4: food are you most likely to throw out before they arrive? Because you don't want anyone knowing you have it in your kitchen, either because it's ridiculous or just strictly embarrassing. Mm,
3: This is a kind of a lame answer, but I don't really care. (laughs) Like I don't really care what people (laughs) think. So like whatever it is, it will stay whoever's coming over. Like I don't care. I own my food, you know, fully.
4: This goes back to the, the, what you eat isn't, um, have anything to do with your worth or your value. Yeah. Like you, you want to see my 12 boxes of Mac and cheese go for yeah, it.
3: Yeah. I've got cookies sensors <laughs> right now.
2: They were delicious.
4: <laughs>
2: I've been buying a lot of craft lately, but like, I'm not embarrassed. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which food are they likely to find with the oldest purchased but on date like what's the oldest thing that you have
3: i swear i always have expired yogurt <laughs> i just i don't know i can't eat it fast enough i guess but
2: yeah i usually have something yeah. like that like i bought it for a like wanting like as an ingredient and then it's just <laughs> it's just yeah. like wallowing away
4: <laughs> which food are they going to find you have the most of for example you have eight boxes of cereal or 20 cans of soup hmm
3: I have a quite a wide pickle variety. What's I, your I, I literally probably have like six jars in my pantry and then like five different <laughs> flavors of pickles in my fridge or brands. Cause really dill is the flavor, but brands, you know, dill pickles can vary greatly. Yeah. I'm a huge pickle fan. So, um, I like lately I've been into the spears, the dill spears. There's like a local, um, a local, like, Pickle shop. <laughs> yeah. It's not. They, I get them at like a local little grocer shop, but I I don't know if you pickle a farm. I don't
2: really know what it's called,
3: but there's a local brand that's so good. They're like almost pickles. Yeah. It kind of tastes like cucumber still, but not quite.
2: You know, I am thinking about the the pickles in my fridge now. I'm going to have one right after this. <laughs> They're
3: so good. Yeah. Like, pickles I are great. Pickles. Yeah. They also have <laughs> yeah. crunchy, satisfying.
2: It just reminds me of a kosher deli. <laughs> But honestly, like, I'll, I'll take any. Yeah, and they're so good in a sandwich. In a sandwich, there's nothing like a pickle.
3: Yeah. Oh, on everything. Yeah. Big fan. So, yeah, I have copious amounts of pickles, for better or worse. Yes, for better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what single food or ingredient is the IRS most likely to be impressed by? Like, what's your most sophisticated ingredient <laughs> that you have? Sophisticated? Like, a, it could be a spice. Oh, Hmm.
3: Okay. You guys, I am no chef. I mean, <laughs> I think they might be impressed with like my fridge organization, to be honest. That's important. I'm not a very like super ultra organized person, but my OCD comes out hardcore when I pack suitcases. And when I do my fridge, like everything has a place in the fridge. That's
2: house. very important.
3: So it is, it's kind of, yeah, it's good. It brings me joy. <laughs>
4: My biggest pet peeve is when fridges get like kind of dirty. Like I am scrubbing the shit out of that refrigerator. Like it, it needs to look good. Like if there's just like a <laughs> weird like soy good. sauce stain on like dripping down, I need to scrub it so hard. <laughs> I can't. No.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you do oh, you that. You know what I actually thought of one? <laughs>
3: yeah. I thought of something. So I'm a big, I love coffee and I like to make my own. And I will make, like, I'll pull in this pressure shot and make, like, a long black or an Americano and then pour it in an ice cube tray so that I always have fresh coffee ice cubes because I don't like ice in my ice lattes because it waters it down. So I always have coffee ice, like homemade fresh. That's impressive. Maybe that's impressive. That is definitely impressive. Does that count? Yeah. Boom. There we go. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Okay. So last one. What drinks, either booze or non-alcoholic, are we likely to find and how much?
3: Milk, like all kinds. I have like three kinds of dairy milk. And then I have mm. oat, almond, soy, always chocolate milk for my son. Again, it's so it just like the pickles coffee, and like, milk to be able to make whatever coffee <laughs> people like. <laughs> it's a hobby of mine. Um, so yeah, lots of milk,
2: pickles, milk and coffee. Much, like Those are
3: big staples. Fruits <laughs> and veggies, of course, but like, yeah.
2: An impressive milk
4: display. Um, I love that. Well, thank you so much for participating. um, And also thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I just want to call out really quick, because I know you said you just launched the Power Zero Equipment Workout Program. Um, Can you quickly just tell us about that? Because I've been interested in that since you launched that. And I've been waiting to sign up (laughs) until I was ready. (laughs) So
3: um, You'll never be ready. So just do it.
4: Oh, I love that. Okay. Can you tell us?
3: (laughs) Yeah, Power Zero. So I have Power at Home, which is my um strength resistance training program built for the home environment, but it still requires some equipment, right? Now you can modify the entire program with either just dumbbells or resistance bands. Pinton really wants to say I. Um, so that's that's great. But if you can't have bands or resist, I, I will say I do recommend that program before power zero. If you do have resistance bands or dumbbells, I think it's phenomenal and it's a lot longer. Um, so there's a lot more progression in that, but powers your equipment was such a fun, like professional challenge for me because as a strength training is my forte doing a bodyweight only strength training program. It was so fun to like dig back into exercise science and think, how can I truly maximize the results of this program akin to my other programs for its respective environment and without any equipment. Um, and I'm really proud of what we did. So it's, it's difficult and it's challenging, but of course it meets you where you're at. So do what you can. Like we talked about modify when you need to, there are four beginner weeks, of course. And yeah, the sessions, the best part is every session is under 25 minutes because Oh, that is the best part. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard enough to get yourself to exercise, especially alone at home. Right. Like it's tough. We've already discussed this. So the last thing you need to be worried about is what you should be doing and how long you should be doing it and which body parts to train. It's like, I've got you covered with all of that. Just carve out 25 minutes. And even just tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to do the first activation. That's four minutes. Just commit to four minutes. And I guarantee you 95% of the time you'll do the whole thing. But if you just say that, I'm at least going to give it five minutes, four minutes.
4: It's good. I can give it five minutes. When, when you say results though, like, can you really look what kind of results are you trying to get stronger? Like with no equipment. Yes.
3: Absolutely. You can not body I mean r- your body weight um it you'd be surprised at how much strength you can gain and most body weight exercises are compound movements, right? They're working multiple muscle groups at once. Like a bicep curl, you're predominantly it's isolating your bicep, right? Um and the parts of your bicep whereas like a push-up or a plank or a sprawl or a burpee, low impact or high impact, most all body weight exercises are They're focused on certain muscle groups, but they're working like pretty much your whole body. So every session, even I have, I have lower body, upper body abs, and then like express workouts, but it's, it's cool. I think body weight training is unique. Um, and you definitely can gain strength by using your body weight correctly, especially when you're using the right form.
4: Can I ask you a question since you're here and speaking of yeah. body weight training, I, I can't do lunges, um, because of my, my knees hurt too much. I can't do it. Yeah. How, so you said you could modify anything. How do you modify mm-hmm. a lunge to get the same bo- like parts?
3: Yeah. So it would kind of depend on which type of lunge, like a reverse <laughs> lunge is predominantly isolating like your glutes and hamstrings. Right. So I would do, um, sumo squats. Can you do squats? Yeah. 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 So sumo squats, that's going to be targeting those same muscles, um, a forward lunge that's quad heavy. So I would just do close squats or like standard squats. Um, really with lunges, they're targeting like your legs. And so any, any type of squat variation can be substituted or when it's for cardio purposes, any type of cardio can be substituted as long as your heart rate is getting up. So
4: thank you. I'm so So
3: sorry. If you guys can hear my puppy, he's like,
4: that's okay. We all have
1: puppies. Okay.
4: Thanks so much for that specific advice and everything else that you shared with us. Um, people, so they just go to the sweat app and they download it and they just do your, um, they can do any power work. Uh, yeah. All
3: my programming is available through sweat exclusively. And yeah, I, I do want to say to close, I think, you know, we talked earlier about how tough it is, right. Cause we're, we're all old traumas are coming up and old habits are coming up for better or worse. And we're all facing so much and how do we improve while we're trying to like survive. Right. And I just, it just, I keep thinking like, I really think it's so important to just take it one day at a time and give yourself grace. You know, it's like, what am I, when I, when I think about health and fitness and nutrition, when people start to get overwhelmed, I think it's so important to just step back and take like a really macro view of it. Don't get so caught up. If you're feeling overwhelmed in your exercise or nutrition or especially feeling guilt because you are slipping back into old habits that don't serve you and you know that, the last thing that you need to do is shame yourself for that. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're digressing. It means that you're struggling. And like we talked about, when we struggle, when we're ready, we'll stand back up and we will be stronger from those struggles. And so I think to take a macro view and just think one thing. Today, I'm going to do one thing to care for my health. That can be mental, emotional, or physical. I'm going to prioritize a really solid meditation today because that's what my health needs. That's what I'm doing my one thing today. I'm going to make a really nutrient dense dinner. That's my one thing today. I'm going to get a 25 minute powers of equipment session in. That's my one thing today. And just, if you're overwhelmed, just look for that one thing, do your one thing, and then be proud of that one thing. And then it'll get easier. You know, you will
4: I love that. That really resonated because it's like really practical advice for, for if, when you're in any type of rut and then you like make your, you, and then you double down on it and you make yourself feel worse that you're in it and then it lasts longer. Yeah. And
3: it's just not.
2: Yeah. No. And then you can't do anything because you're in the rut and you're like, nothing will work. I'm not going to do anything. You just continue (laughs) to do nothing.
3: But, but it's not about that. It's not about working, right? It's about it's just about caring for yourself at the end of the day. And the more we, how do you like remember like to live from self-love you treat yourself with love. So do your one thing and, and feel good about it. Yeah.
4: Just one thing. Well, Kelsey Wells, everyone, that was really amazing. You put me almost to tears about that last line about how do you, how do you um, practice self-love? You treat yourself with love. I think that we can close on that. Thank you so much. Everyone go follow Kelsey at Kelsey Wells. Am I right? (laughs) And um, guys, you know where to find us. Rate, review, subscribe. DST at Betches.com. We're always
2: with you. Through thick and thin. Betches.